Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Uh, hey, Mimi. Oh, hey, Gigi. When you're driving around, just seeing the town, sitting bored at home, feeling all alone. Fill up the glass, pick out a glass. We got the tea, we got the sauce. Get queerified. Okay. Yeah. Let's get queerified. Hi, Gorgeous. You're listening to Queerified. And as always, I'm Gigi Gorgeous. And I am Mimi. On Queerified, you'll hear from special guests in the LGBTQIA plus community and some fierce allies too. This week, we have a very good friend and a House of Gorgeous chosen family member. She is LA royalty, socialite, nightlife mogul, and personally, one of my first friends in this crazy town. And oh my God, both of you guys were actually in my wedding party. <laughs> we were. And before we start with the show, please don't forget to call into the Queerified hotline at 1-844-QUERIES. That's Q-U-E-E-R-Y-S. Call and ask us anything. We've been loving your questions so far. We love hearing from you. Yes, you listening right now. <laughs> yes. And now please welcome Queen of the Club, Marcus Molinari. And we are back with our very special guest, Marcus Molinari. How are you, Marcus? I'm doing wonderful. I like to say I'm doing magical. Magical. Mm-hmm. So magical. Nice seeing you. You look amazing. Thank back you. Back from Rome. Me too. Yes. Freshly back. Wish I was there. We wish you were there too. It was so much fun. Amidst all the heat, like nobody tells you the humidity and everything. Yeah, no one tells you when you travel. I mean, it's all like glamorous. They're like, you look so wonderful. I'm all, I was... Sweating <laughs> in between that photo. Yes, and like we would Dripping. go to lunch casually at like twelve thirty, and I'd be like, "Is no one going to talk about the heat?" Like we're just sitting there eating like warm pasta, warm bolognese, and it's like I'm wine. I need to change and wine. Yeah, change. It's horrible, but everything's very wet. cinematic and beautiful. But just you know, think about that when you go yeah. wear lingerie like Marcus does. Yes, always. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm in Canada, so that sounds like a dream to me. Right? It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's rained for like a month complain. straight here. I mean, you guys complain because you have LA weather. So, yeah. unfortunately, it was We're a little allowed. bit humid for you. <laughs> Wherever you are around the world, though, let's yeah. just talk about what is important, right? So, we are here to talk about Marcus Molinari. I've known you for so many years. So long, baby. I know. And I look back on photos of us and I'm just like, oh my God, we've grown so much, we've changed so much. But for our listener that's listening right now out there, tell them a little bit about yourself. Well, I mean, where do I begin? I mean, it goes not that far back, actually. I'm quite young. (laughs) I mean, like, wait, wait, what are you saying? Um, Well, you know, like anyone else, I moved to L.A. with a dream of 
just pursuing a different life. Like I um, knew that in my small town of Central California that that I was going to get out the moment I could. And I always knew that, like, no matter how bad things got, I'm like, I'm going to leave. Like, and I headed straight for L.A. Um, in my pickup truck and I saved up three thousand dollars and there was no going back. It was not a choice and not exactly how I planned it, but exactly how I feel it should and is turning out. Like I didn't plan to own a bunch of restaurants. I planned to be an actor, but all of those roads down the line led me to where I am today. And I'm just, you know, just still living that dream. I'm constantly in awe. I'm constantly thankful for being here and, and sustaining. Where are you from in Central California? I'm from Visalia, California. Um, well, originally from San Francisco and Oakland Bay Area. And then like around 12, 13, we moved to Central California, which was a big culture shock because to come from like this mixed metropolitan city to basically it might as well have been Alabama agriculture everyone like Gag. yeah it was just all and I and as a child I realized there was a difference a major one yeah I can I can say for my experience with you I feel that and everybody in LA for that matter it's like when I moved to LA I was just like wow this is a culture shock I lived in Toronto growing up huge city very diverse like it's like they call it like a melting pot city and everyone was gay everyone was you know proud there were gay clubs i just didn't really know like the alabama experience but la was that times 10 yeah like we would go to straight clubs and it would be like oh my god so people are like gay here too Mm -hmm. and i was like i just assumed in my mind that this was just the way everybody had grown up but everybody was like me you know la is like the i think i heard one time it's like the hottest two people in high school from every city moved to LA. Moved to LA. And it's so true. And it's like, okay, so everyone's like, you know, just like sexually fluid. And it's such an eye-opening experience. And I just took that for granted. But it's like everybody has their own story. Yeah. And when I met you for the first time here, I was like, Marcus has always just been Marcus. But like, that's so naive of me to think because of course you have a past just like everybody else. Yeah. I mean, well, the same, I think just with us, when we want to say... Like, as much as we've changed, like you said in the beginning, like, when we are together, it just feels like we're the same. Day one. Totally. I don't see any difference of anything other than just, like, maybe our spirits. Like, that's all I see. So, um, but yeah, it it was, like, a major culture shock, especially back then. (laughs) Um, You know, when I saw two guys holding hands on Santa Monica Boulevard, I almost wrecked my car. Yeah. Like, I could not believe (laughs) because it was so secret, especially like where I was growing up. Mm -hmm. Like, actually, so much a secret. I didn't know one gay person that I I don't think I knew. You know, you don't so crazy. You never know. Yeah. You never know. We're out there. (laughs) (laughs) We're here and we're queer. How young were you when you first realized you were different? Because for me, it was very young. It was very young for me as well. I kind of, not in a a narcissistic, but maybe, I just thought everyone was dumb. (laughs) Like they didn't see the humanity in people. So when people were mean to other people, I thought, you are so dumb. Like, and and sometimes I would say that to kids that were my age because they would say like hateful, racist things, um, which like I was so confused by. So I didn't know what, 
what it was to be gay because I didn't have any um, examples. I can relate with that as well. You know, Being called gay on like the schoolyard, I was like, well, that sounds negative. So right. I don't want to be that. Right. You're saying it like, or they used to say gay lord. Gaylord Fokker from something. The Fockers. And then I saw a Meet restaurant in LA and I was so confused. You're like, so that can be written wait, up there? Wait, it's Gaylord Restaurant? Anyways, <laughs> it was like a negative thing. So I didn't have any like examples of what gay was. So I thought everyone, like I thought you could appreciate the male form, but it's like if you acted on it, then you were gay. And so I was very confused on that. And and to be honest, like I had someone hit on me in drama class in high school. Duh. <laughs> like, hello. I don't <laughs> Are know. Are you on Glee? <laughs> yeah. And I had called him like the F word. Like, for- oh my God. You're, um, what's that called? Projecting. Wow. Mm-hmm. I was so upset because my mom, of course, was late picking me up and I was just. And self hating. Self hating for sure. And that's what it's all about. Like when, and that's happened to me recently and I thought the same thing. Um, when someone has to say those kind of things and reach out like that. And all he, he was like, I'll give you a ride for a kiss. And it was very sweet. I can't. And I said, you get away from me. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. And, Mama will get you, bitch. But he's married to a woman now. Oh, and you know the no. truth. That's so sad. I have tons of those experiences. Maybe now. he was just exploring, to be honest. Yeah, yeah right. 1, Who are we to judge? Yeah, he just probably thought I was very pretty. Like, how Definitely. many of my boyfriends are now married? Uh-huh. All of and them. who's to say they're unhappy in their marriage? Whatever. It wasn't a phase. Right. We are not one to judge. This is a safe space. So... With that being said, did you ever have to come out of the closet? I did to my mother when, uh, when like after I had like one of my first gay sexual experiences. How was um, that? How old? Well, two yeah. questions. Yeah. How was that? Well, well, <laughs> th- well, before like when I first moved here, I didn't still know what like being gay was, but then. So at like 18, I met this guy at Kinko's and he was like a Tommy Hilfiger model, like a true, like he was the one. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And <laughs> I'm like, her face lights up. Uh-huh. I'm like doing my like resumes for my headshots and things. And I'm very like, you know, I have got all these tasks to do. I've got to call all these agents and all these casting directors. And he, I, I knew he was staring at me. And then he pulled up beside me. He's like, do I know you? Well, I just moved here. So I was like, you definitely don't know me. Did you say that? Or were you like, yes? I said, you definitely don't know me. He's like, did I see you at a club? I'm like, I've never been to a club. Can you imagine? You ever (laughs) saying those words? Queen of the club, never (laughs) been to a club. Uh, (laughs) I've never been. And he's like, I was like, I live here. He lived around the corner. So he drove me home. And we hooked up. And I wrote him the longest. I wrote a letter. I think three pages. I can't. About how I was in love with him. And he was like. He's oh, like, because um, it was my first time. Like, uh-huh. I've never experienced, and like, he was like a gentle, passionate, like, I didn't know, like, it was very lovely. Like, it wait, was, in the car? No, out in his, in his house. Okay. Because he was like, I'm studying. He was in college. Were he you was, scared? Like, Will you help me? No, I don't remember that being a feeling. Uh, maybe I probably was shaking with nerves, but like, he made the moves and it just all, he made all the right moves. Oh my God. <laughs> I wrote this long letter of like this, I think I might have copied it from like an SW. I music can't not to, think. I, I, now that I'm thinking about <laughs> it. I know, I copied. I definitely wrote him a long letter and he was like, calm down. Really? Basically. Like I it's mean, not that we serious? We stayed friends for years and like even hooked up, but like he was like, whoa. 
I came hard because it was like my first. Yeah. I'm like, you get me. There's someone like me. Mm-hmm. I always thought there was never anyone like me. So we must be meant to be yeah, together forever. Totally. That's a gag. Yeah, that's one thing I hear a lot. I listen to um, this podcast called Making Gay History. Uh, there are other podcasts out there about gay I people? only know of queer. No, 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 no. This is about <laughs> like, like podcasts with like Sylvia Rivera, Marsha P. Johnson. Oh, they can. Like, yeah, they can yeah. have podcasts. Oh, yeah. Like, that's oh, yeah, back, yeah, yeah. back in the day, they pull out these archives of um, interviews. We were talking about them. this during in Rome, yeah. I think, at, at the tea room. And the collective uh, response I got our feeling was that everyone said, and I go, there it is, every time I would hear it, was I felt alone. I felt there was no one in the world like me. And that's why I think I'm like getting the chills. I'm like, visibility, that's why I have to wear what I want to wear. And there's moments yep. where I don't want to take up space. And I'm like, who am I having dinner with? Will that offend them? And I just uh, also have I've been other there conversations. So much. like, stop. Yeah, like, and that's unfair. It is, and it's so much unneeded stress on yourself. And at the end of the day, what I've learned and what I've seen is, like, people care so much more about themselves. Yeah, not even thinking about it. They're not thinking if they're offending anyone. They're thinking, how do I look? Do I look skinny enough? Do I look pretty enough? Do I look rich enough? Especially in this town. It's it's not them. It's not us, meaning, like, they're not looking. Right. But in your kind of workplace and Mimi, and even me sometimes, it's like you have to think about other people's feelings because then the job doesn't get done. Then, you know, work is put back. It's just, like, a constant struggle. Mimi, I know you work in, like, a traditional work environment. Can you just tell us about like a certain circumstance? Oh, well, this is crazy because I work, I'll say, in a software company. And when I got the job, I was like, oh, my gosh, like I have long hair. I dress feminine. My clothes, I don't know, don't fit like other men's clothes. Let's say that. And there was this not not pressure, but like anxiety within myself. How am I going to take up space with these straight people? So I start working and little by little, like you know, the onion peels, I find out that it's so gay friendly. Like, I'm not the first queer yeah. person at this workplace. I'm not. There's been trans people who transitioned at this workplace. So all of these thoughts that I had were made up in my we head. project so mm-hmm. much onto other people, what other people would think. Exactly. And it's all mostly us. The drama comes from us, mostly. Not entirely, though. Um, I will say there is just like uncomfortable moments or there are certain ways that I obviously won't dress because I don't want to be distracting because there is a point I have to get across. Like I'm not going to wear my lingerie top to a Trevor Project uh-huh. you know, situation. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just those those thoughts as well. And those are like valid and like you're being a reasonable type person mm-hmm. where you're, the focus is the charity or whatever at hand. Right. Yeah, I feel like it's all about taking that first step. Like, I I feel like I've just seen so many people, like, wear heels for the first time to, Mm. like, an event or out. And it's like, it really isn't that bad. And then you, oh, it's it's huge to them, you know? And, like, we can all relate with that. Wearing what we want out and maybe even getting a few stares, maybe Mm. getting a few judgmental looks. But also love. Like, when you put your authentic self out there... People are going to see that you're being authentic and like, whoa, like this person is really doing it. People have come up to me like that and they're like, you were and like randomly I like I was recently on set. I was uh, shooting this TV show and plug CBS. Mm, <laughs> so excited for that, by the way. Yeah. Can we say the name or no? Yeah, it's called Guilty Party with Kate Beckinsale. Mm, She's yay. guilty. Yeah. And so um, 
I, you know, you're you're working, so you're not paying attention. And then I noticed this guy, and I didn't know who he was, but he was an extra on the on the show. And he was walking up slowly, and I I noticed him. And I was like, "Come here!" And I forget what village in uh, Africa he's from, but he said, "Watching you be yourself in the way you are dressed." has empowered me like a full on like wow has empowered me to be myself i was like what are you t- like now it's right. happening right now <laughs> like You're- what did i do <laughs> yeah like i did i just walked on set you wow. know and, and just being yourself and that 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 really spoke to me like those little moments when you don't even think anyone's watching mm-hmm. to go back onto when we think people are watching but it's those people that aren't watching that see you walk into a room and they're like whoa mm-hmm. yeah. they just once laid that outfit and two are doing what they want to do. And I can too. Like the kid who puts on the heels for the first time or lip gloss, wears a handbag, whatever. They'll always compare it to that last time they did it. Mm -hmm. It wasn't that bad that last time. So let me express myself further. And you know, if they have like a couple bumps in the road or they trip up or they hear hate speech, whatever, it's like that next time they get out there. It's like that classic saying, like it doesn't matter how many times you fall down. It's about how many times you get up. Definitely. And it's about seeing people like you on set, like people being visible that it's like, I can do that too. Like, you know, I was called these names, you know, I felt bad about myself, but I can do it again because I see it in front of me. It's visible, Mm -hmm. even if it is just online or even if it is just through this podcast. Like, that's one of the main reasons we do that. When you do have a down day, because that is inevitable for all of us, you know, a day where you don't feel your best, not as confident, you're struggling, whatever the case may be. Totally. How do you get yourself out of that? Because you must have a system. I definitely have a system and it starts immediately when I wake up. Mm -hmm. Um, Two years ago, I went to this program called Hoffman. And so Hoffman, um, one of the practices right in the morning before you pick up your phone or do anything, you check in with your body. And it's just a body scan and a body check. Let me get a pen and paper for this. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wait, so this isn't, this isn't a, it's Hoffman is like a special, like break down Hoffman because I was gagged when you told me where you were. Okay, so Hoffman uh, basically is um, a place you go and you check in your phone. It's, mm-hmm. It basically breaks down the childhood programming of our parents, uh, society, the no, being told no. All of these things that we have now like programmed into our heads as no, as limit limitations of what we can do. And also just kind of like not even dealing with that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. So it just was like a full force. Like, and I originally I went just to get away from my phone. It wasn't for the therapy I mean, part of it. I feel like we could all use that. I you, don't want to do that. You, no one wants to face that. it, but I was just that that moment I was like, I can do anything and I just want. My f- I want a break. And how break. long is it? How long it's is it? It's a week long. A week long. And it's not like treatment, but it is It is basically like therapy. Yeah, right? like therapy. And like um, you do moments where you, there's one morning where you like, a couple mornings where you don't, you're not allowed to talk to anyone. It's a silent morning. So you're That'd having breakfast nice. silent. Ugh, this sounds like you a You really dream. do love it. You really do pick up those practices. And so in the morning, I check in with my body and I just say thank you. And that centers me right away. Like, whatever the day has to hold, there's nothing that can, you know, take me out of that space. But there also is. So if you wake up, let's say you're checking in with your body. Yeah. And maybe say, give me an example, like your heart is beating faster or... Or thank you. Or if something's hurting, 
you know, or anything. I just kind of scan, do a body scan. Like brain, muscle. Yeah. Got it. And then I check in with like my childhood, like my child self Mm -hmm. and say that I'm going to give you attention today. And I check in with my spirit self and say, I'm going to give you attention today and try to do that throughout the day. And like, like when something fun happens, I want to run out and go play in the yard because that's what my child self would do your instinct without all of these like societal like conditions yeah because everything everything else says that we have to grow up right like you need to act like an adult that i love that so much that just gave me little chills i feel like your instinct is so it's so on point and it's like what you like it's almost not like your animalistic tendencies but like whatever you want to do like if you like i have mornings just for random example like i'll make coffee i'll look in the mirror i'll see like my blonde hair or something like really little and i'll like run up the stairs screaming like i'll do like a "Ah!" yeah like and i'm like what did i just do and i'll like catch my breath at the top of the stairs and i'm like well seeing that made me happy so i just did it and but usually like adults would be like Act like an adult. Act yeah, grown don't up. be goofy. Yeah, don't be goofy. Don't be silly. Don't make voices or faces, whatever. And I feel like that that is so important. So when you check in with your body, going back to what you were saying, is that like a five minute process? Ten minutes? It, it depends. Um, because on Hoffman, don't pick up your phone. On Hoffman Instagram, they <laughs> they the teachers and counselors do them. So some are long talkers. So some could be twenty minutes, or That's some fine. could be fifteen. It's totally fine. But then. All day long, I play like Deepak Chopra. I play Jay Shetty. I play you guys because it makes me happy. Like, oh, you know, it does. Like, playing, like I was writing Gigi yesterday when I was listening to both of you speak on the podcast. It makes me so happy because you guys are doing so much good work and spreading and visibility. These are all the things that I'm, I'm for. And like, for you guys to put this out there is just like such a beautiful thing. So, these are the type of things that I've learned since the pandemic to keep me in the right place is play things that keep you positive, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and listen to things and learn and constantly grow. And, and so instead of playing music, I play music in my car, but like what's playing in my bathroom constantly are these things. I love that. Mark, we're doing good. Did you hear that? It's so weird. Like I, when I'm doing this podcast, I'm literally just having fun. Of and course. we're hanging out. And I like, yes. Yeah. I mean, you guys are so connected. It's just like, you know, it rolls so right. It feels so right. And it's really wonderful. I was telling Lauren, our producer, even the other day, I was like, it's so crazy to me when people message me and they're like, oh, my gosh, I love the podcast. I'm listening. And because I'm like, oh, my God. Right. Like. When we put this out there, people are listening. Like, it's not just like a conversation we're having. It's just, um, it it feels amazing because that's what we wanted to do. Like, we were thinking about, you know, the listener who's out there in Central California, in Alabama. Like, how can we do this for them? It's our child self now as those forms and and these children out there that hear, get to hear other stories. Oh, Oh, wait, I went through that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like I said, this was not available when I was a child. Like, I went to Jesus camp all the time. There was always. Oh my a G- gosh! Can you speak a little bit about that? Yeah, growing up in the church, like I grew up in the church. I had two pastor uncles, and my mom was at one point just. That's where she found sort of a group. I think, and I don't necessarily agree agree with religion now. Mm-hmm. I'm more of a spiritual person. I say thank you. I said said thank you when I got in my car to the realm and the universe. Like that I 
I made it this far. I'm mm-hmm. constantly saying thank you. I love that. Yeah. But my mom found religion and she got addicted to it in a sense of like, there was women's studies, there was uh, single mother's studies, there was church every day. And, you know, to a point where her Bible was just all she read. She would pull up in high school, which is not like the coolest thing to do. She would, while I was going to bed, she'd turn on my light and sit next to me and read the Bible. For how long? And to, like, I don't know. I would always like just hour. fall asleep. I would completely be like, I'm not interested. I'm and not I know it. Yeah. Like, I know it. Like, you're reading the same thing. Why do you think that she falls so in love with the religion? Because I know that when, you know, people look at religion like therapy. It gets rid of your anxieties. It takes away, you know, responsibility. It kind of, though, instills fear in a sense. There is a lot yes, of, of course there's fear that, that she lives in thinking like, this is the end and everything is fearful. Jesus. Oh my God, for lack of a better term, Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> but it, I think that it's, it's a cult sense. People are lonely and, and those are the ones that they get. And I, I do think that some religion is, I mean, it's great for people who need it to stay within boundaries. Some people need yeah. rules and laws to, if you need to be told not to murder someone and that you're going to go somewhere awful, then maybe you do need to hear that. Right. And it's nice to believe in something. I yeah, mean, ultimately, course. it's like, we don't know where we go. It's like, the Bible is like, obviously, I was going to use the word iconic, Jesus. Correct. The Bible is I mean, it iconic. Is. It is. It is. It is. It is. But like, book. the Bible, <laughs> yeah, it's such a great the read. Bestseller. <laughs> yeah, I love that book. It's in every hotel. Did you hear? Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. It's just like it, I feel like it's just what people look to for hope. Like ultimately, it can right? Be used very beautifully. Totally. Yes, because when you give it, up, leave it up to God, it's not up to you. No, it takes away your fears. It takes right. a, you know what? I'm just going to leave it up to God. And you know, I I don't want to speak for Gigi, but we had a very good religious upbringing experience yeah mine wasn't all bad but yeah i understand what you're saying totally it can be very good and very beautiful too i mean definitely not invalidating what you experience because it can be very destructive very Mm -hmm. like i mean the most gossipy people were in church and they were tearing each other down like they wanted you to fail so they could talk about you they wanted to talk about your failed marriage or this and that i would look always about these conversations and I'm like how did we just hear these words of like be nice to thy neighbor and all these things and then we're just tearing each other right. down and those people there's a place for them They're, bravo bravo network <laughs> exactly <That's fun>. <laughs> <laughs> totally let them live there let them live there for so sure. back to visibility real quick I wanted to talk about chosen family yeah you were one one of my like maybe top two top three chosen family here in Los Angeles same And it was like such a revelation to me that I could have somebody that was like my best friend, my family live in another country on the opposite coast. And it was just it was wild to me. And I feel like this is what this podcast is for this. We want to be people's chosen family, even if it's not in person. It's like every single week we're bringing you positive energy, chosen family vibes. And I want to know from Marcus's point of view to our listener listening out there, what does chosen family mean to you? Well, let's take it further back. So I feel like I've been blessed for, not a lack of better term, totally blessed with constant, I would say almost like angel families. Like in, you know, going back to, I never left the church. No, (laughs) Um, But in a sense, like I was thinking back about this, like my mom 
you know, she had her own struggles with being a parent and she wasn't always there. I was constantly alone and constantly having, which I'm thankful for now, would never change anything because I love one, my imagination, which it was needed then being alone. And two, I, I, there was always like a friend's family that took me places. Like I, you know, if my mom was being wild, wilding out or something, I could walk to their house and knock on the door and didn't even have to say anything. Mm-hmm. And they would just bring me in. And so I've been fortunate enough to have friends growing up little, like I can think of like markers in my life where like things weren't great at home, but like there was a great friend that took me in. And so when I moved here to LA, I moved with not knowing a single soul. Um, And so I think that I quickly learned just being kind to strangers or people that I've met through along the way. Like when I first moved here, I met a kid that was 19. He was living in his car and I was like, no way. Like I have a space, you know, not much. It's like, you got to lay on the floor, but Mm -hmm. there's a space for everyone, I think. And, you know, he taught me a lot at the time and and I taught, I I hope I taught him at least generosity to show that to other people. Do I know this person? No, not at all. This is like when I first moved here, but then it, kept going and then you know most thanksgiving and christmases and all of those things i spend with not my blood family more so than my chosen family Mm -hmm. and it's such it's such a special thing because at one point in my life i thought what am i putting myself here for like during you know time with my family that wasn't so great in the moment i said why would i um, put myself through pain and you know, kind of like stand for it. I'm not, I don't have to do this anymore. I could be with someone that loves me and like Mm -hmm. loves all of me. Mm -hmm. Then rather than sit in anxiety and feel like I'm being hated. And that was like a choice I decided early on and I just stopped going to Christmases and, and those kind of things. Can I ask, what's your relationship like with your family now? Now it's getting better after like, I've kind of faced the moments of like, you know, um, my parents are just like anybody else. They've, they had their own upbringing and they have their childhood scars and they, I'm now working with people, not getting so much angry at people, but realizing that people are at a different awareness level. And I cannot blame my parents for only knowing what they knew at the time. That's a very woke way to yeah, think about it. Like, I feel like growing up, a lot of people think, my parents are my parents like you know yeah they need to understand what i'm going through this is my life you only see it through one lens but to know and realize and just like let the healing start with they grew up in a different time it's a different generation they grew up with different values it's fine just like our kids and grandkids whatever are gonna have they're gonna teach you we're gonna be taught exactly that's easier said than done though it really is there are a lot of people who also understand that and then they think then why didn't they break the cycle why didn't they like there's so much resentment that people feel right. like I always hear from people like, well, you know, they could have broke it. Like if they were, you know, if let's say abuse, like if they were abused by their parents, they could have broke the cycle. Like that's not how it works. It's not right? how it works. And it's still level of awareness. Like some people deal with it, how they know how. And, and if some people want to hide their abuse forever, they will learn and and your in, do it. Your intellect teaches you how to defend yourself in that way. And, and it's not always the right way, but it is their way. And for my parents, I think that I was brought here to teach them. And, Love that. you know, even though it took me a lot longer to realize that, 
I really do. And, you know, my mom three years ago posted on Facebook, if a man sleeps with another man, he'll be stoned to death. Leviticus something, something. And this is while we were getting along fine. And I was trying to show her through, I guess, being visible, like taking her to Broadway shows, not judging, letting her talk about religious things like pray. But she would would come with you? She would come with me. Wow. And then she would start asking more questions. Broadway is the gate. Yeah. (laughs) It's the gateway. Um, (laughs) And she, I thought she was learning. And then when she posted that, I, it was, I was really hurt, really, really hurt. I called her. I was like, you can't post it. You have a gay son. We talked today. And she's like, very like matter of fact well it's not my word it's god's word yeah like there's nothing you can speak against that mm-hmm. and he's like oh wow yeah when i hear that i just think of like you're in so much pain like so you're in so much pain that you have to hang on to this word that you know hurts your son that's how much pain you're in yeah right like it makes me really sad for that person no matter how good of a day we had no matter what our relationship is like right now it's so sad and at the time i didn't know really at first, I thought I was getting through her in, in my special way of like just being present enough, and then I that really hurt, and I was like, "Okay, you're never gonna learn." Yeah, which is never the case, by the way. People can always learn, and I shut her out, and I wouldn't talk to her, and I wouldn't take her calls, and I would get these voicemails of her pulling over on the side of the road, crying, like she couldn't handle. So I was like, well, choose. Am I going to yeah, be exactly. stoned to death or do you want me in your life? Because mm-hmm. I'm not changing. Yeah, I'm not changing. And at one point she chose and said, you are right. I was an awful parent. And if you never talked to me again, I would understand that. And that validated something in me being like, oh, wait. Because I, I was, thought I was always hitting a wall. Like, did I make this stuff like up? It. You know, mm-hmm. like it seemed like that. So her apologizing meant the world to me like the little bit you know do you think she just said that to appease you like no, looking at it she now she was in general pain of like yeah. in confusion because this is what she's been taught religiously so and then the feeling she has for her child mm-hmm. was tearing her apart and so when we started the relationship slowly a year later she wrote god loves gays on oh. her facebook and my i was with her she didn't tell me she wasn't I'm like getting the chills. She didn't make a statement. She didn't say anything. We were just hanging out, having like our day. Did she like look up at you? Mm-mm. Oh, nothing. you just saw inside my, nothing? No, my sister wrote me and she goes, what Did the you see heck is going on with mom? <laughs> and I was like, oh she God. didn't know we I were together. Yeah, I go, what do you mean? She goes, she sends me a screen capture. And it said, God loves gay. You said her account was hacked. <laughs> I, I originally thought that, to be honest. And then I looked at it and I'm like looking at her and she's just ordering lunch. And I was like, <gasps> oh, my God, that's like I'm right making, out of a movie. Like if I had to shut her out, she may have never gotten to that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was that feeling like for you? Like that's a, what a lot of queer people want to hear from parents who don't support them. Like in that moment, what did it feel? I want I didn't make a big deal. I never told her that I saw it. I wanted to let her keep growing in that moment without, I don't know, pointing out that that it was different for her to write something like that. Mm-hmm. I wanted it to be natural for her to like grow and, and write the things she wants to write. I never want to censor her in a sense because I just want to live as an example and then she can make her own decisions. Like when she wants to pray over me, I still let her pray over me even though I'm like, I'm going to the grocery store. I've been there 
a million times, Mm -hmm. you know, and she, like I said, there's a fear base that comes with religion and I kind of have just let it go now. I let, let her make her own decisions and I, and she can write me all the scriptures she wants. That's maturity. Yeah. And I think so. And I, and I'm, we have a whole different relationship now and I I think it is growing and um, it's not exactly, we're not best friends. I don't exactly tell her everything, but I talk to her every day. Yeah. And I think that's important. I think that's a really important lesson for everybody to learn is yeah. just let people be. Like, people you know, be. let that homophobic person in Alabama you. be homophobic. Like, yeah. you don't lose sleep because somebody in Texas thinks gay people should die. Like, let them be. Like, focus on your light. Focus on your positivity. Um, Marcus, thank you so much for, oh my gosh, like, opening up to us regarding that story. I know a lot of people out there are in that same boat and mm-hmm. you know just to hear that there might be a light at the end of that tunnel i'm sure means a lot it, it, it meant a lot to me at the time too yeah i'm not i mean always it will always can we talk a little bit about the fact that you are known for iconic restaurants and clubs in los angeles like bootsy bellows delilah and the nice guy hey hey, hey. <laughs> How did you get your start in the hospitality and lifestyle business? One, I think it's, I don't know if it is for everyone, but it was kind of always a bit of a dream that you would, I mean, at least I had to have my own restaurant. Um, I love to cook. My mom, like at a very young age, we had to cook our own breakfast. And so like she would school us on cracking eggs. Like we had to crack it perfectly. It's very a hard mommy business dearest. though. So hard. So hard. Still can't. Yeah. So in the back of my head, I've always wanted, but my original passion was acting. And that's when I moved out here for. Mm-hmm. And so, but what I didn't realize was that all of those acting skills would come to play when, you know, when you're in a club or um, basically entertainment customer service. With the savages. Yes. That come along with it. That come along with it. Mm-hmm. And so um, everything that led down that road um, has now come to play in present time. But how I got into it was my business partner, John Terzian, who originally started um, Stork, was the original name of H. Wood. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And when he changed it over to the to H. Wood, he asked me to be a partner and then we started the H. Wood group. It's a big group. It's a big deal. It's a big deal now. You guys have clubs in... Um... And Vegas, Vegas, right? And we're opening Toronto. Right. Don't, yeah, don't you have a, a, um, a restaurant in Toronto? Yeah, Harriet's at the Harriet's. one hotel. It yeah. should be open by the time this comes out. Yeah. So, guys, go check it oh, out. I can't not wait to go there. Yet? Oh my god, I can't not wait yet. to go. Yeah, well, one I'll hotel go. in Toronto. Hello, um, oh hell my yes. god, yes, hell yes. So with the, okay, so we mentioned a little bit of the savages. I want to know personally. So in LA, celebrity culture is like beyond prevalent. Right. Right. So people look at celebrities as gods. They do desperate things to get their photo taken with celebrities Mm -hmm. and they compromise their integrity to ultimately social climb. I'm sure you've seen it all, but what is one of the most cringeworthy celebrity insider experience stories you can give someone listening out there in one of your clubs? Because I've been there for tons, but I want to like get in your brain. I mean, I don't know if I have a specific story, but I'll tell you what. It's not generally the problem with the biggest stars. It's the like Mm -hmm. sort of that is always how in between like I have this podcast no i'm kidding (laughs) no no like i have this like i'm on a reality show and i want full service 
and and they go to you they go to me or you know sometimes i try not to deal with that but you know then you have like the biggest star that comes in and will pay for everything of course. that they mm-hmm. get mm-hmm. and i will tell you one thing that people know that the kardashians do a lot with hood group mm-hmm. and have their birthdays at bootsies and uh, the nice guy and delilah's and I'll tell you, they're they're the most kind people and generous and pay for everything. I remember one and time they, you said to me that you went up to Chris and you said, just so you know, you raised, Mama Chris, mm-hmm. you raised Kylie and Kendall extremely well. They I behaved did. themselves. Of course. And growing up basically in my L.A. culture in Bootsy Bellows, in the backroom Bootsy Bellows, anybody that followed me for a while, <laughs> you know, I used to my Uber account used to be linked there for my work. And it just said Full. Yeah. Every day. I'd be like, well, we're going to Bootsy and we just like work during the day, party at night. And I've seen so many celebrities and just thirsty, crazy people act a fool. Full. In front of you, behind your back. It's so savage. And it's just like this town, you just see things. I watch an actor. I I was just, and I'll I'll know when someone's acting crazy. I could feel energy. Mm Mm-hmm. And I watched this actor and I looked at him and he looked at the glasses that were piled up for the bottle. And I, I'm just watching him and he swiped all the glasses over and broke them. Was it me? No. <laughs> <laughs> but we were friends and, you know, friendly enough that I looked at him and I just picked him up by his by his elbow and I was like, you're you have to leave. Right. Like and he said. It wasn't me. And he pointed at a girl so far from the table. He goes, it was her. Oh, and I God. was like, not believable. Do I have stories about him too? Do you I remember? feel like some people are just rude and evil but at I don't, core. I don't mind kicking even friends or people I know out because at, if they're at that level, they will never remember. Yeah. You know what I mean? LA is so crazy. Every time I go to LA, I, I always, at the party, I always see who's saying hi to only the celebrities who's saying hi to only the host of the party who's saying hi to everybody like that's what i'm always thinking about like okay like mm-hmm. what's this person gonna do when they walk into this room and a lot of the time the people will only say hi to the famous people and it's so weird like people are looking at you people can see you like, yeah that's, it's it's so awkward it's awkward but like i'll, I'll tell you it's just like well, I'm, I'm now defending. They might be just talking to their friends who happen to be famous. But I <laughs> will tell you, that. <laughs> I, I will tell you a story though that is quite lovely. Is that people come up to me all the time and they're like, "I went to Bootsy Bellows and like the most wild thing, David Arquette sat at our table and talked to us forever." Yep. And I'm like, "That's him." Like, yep, exactly. And that's the kind of person you want to be, like unaffected. I mean, he grew up in Hollywood mm-hmm. around major stars, and he's a major star himself. And so, like, that's the kind of person I hope to always be, mm-hmm. to be open to people. And people tell me things about other people, like, don't hang out with them. They're social climbers or they're this. And I'm like, I'm not in high school. And I will figure that out for myself. I can protect yep. myself. Mm-hmm. I'm not giving my bank account numbers out. Like, relax. Yeah. I also think it's really important because I feel like I'm always somebody to be like, oh, my God, that's so-and-so. I need a photo with them. Mm. I'm just like, I think it's really important to always, or never let that fangirl in you go. No. You know, like, I feel like it's really important because people, like, a part of social climbing is, like, you get here, and then you ignore everyone, quote-unquote, yeah. under you, or, like, everyone that you've got. Right. And it's like... And you don't want to go up to them because they don't want to come to you. Right, or, and like, it's like, oh, I'm not friends with them anymore because we're, like, at the same level, or I'm passing no her a little way. bit in your mind or whatever, and it's like, 
I just think that's so tacky. Like it's I so have friends tacky. that I've had friends forever. And it's like, I'm not shy to be like, like Paris was here. I'm like, Paris, I, I follow you. I fucking love you. Like there's no shame in that. I think it's something one, everyone needs to do is give out compliments when you see something Absolutely. that you love. Absolutely. You see someone gorge, be like, honey, you were gorge. And, if and someone, scream it on the street. Yeah. Like, if, someone, yes! if someone gives you one, accept it mm-hmm. gracefully. Because yes. a lot of the time, especially if you're famous, that person who's talking to you has thought about what they've wanted to say to you, has dreamt about this moment. Like, for example, there was this moment where I was um, at a charity event and it was a tennis charity event. And I I love tennis so much. Yep, it's like my number one passion. And Martina Navratilova was there. And Martina Navratilova is a lesbian tennis player who came out in like the 70s. And like, I have thought about like what I've wanted to say to her for years. I have and the I've, chills. I, yes. And I had actually... I had been warned by everybody at that event, like, oh, maybe you should. She's a bitch. They were like, she's she's not a bitch. She's cold. I walk up to her, and she wouldn't even let me like say two words before she like thank you and walked away. It was so heartbreaking in that moment because I was like. Because I wanted to be like, oh my gosh, you've opened so many doors for people like us, for the LGBTQ right. community. How like, gorgeous to hear those words, though. Right? But she, no, she wouldn't have it. She wouldn't she have wouldn't it. She wouldn't have it. No. That's really sad. And you know what? That's just her level of awareness and also sad for her in that moment. You know, I've never seen Gigi do that. No. I, uh, when uh, I, see I it. love it. Like, are you kidding me? Like, She will give out our hotel location to meet someone. <laughs> yeah, I did that in Rome. Yeah. yeah this girl and was DMing me. I was like, come on over. Like, if I can like suss you out and see it's not dangerous, whatever, obviously all that stuff, like, come on. Like, if we have common interests, like, this is why we do this shit. You know, it's never to surpass someone or mute someone or no. whatever. It's so tacky and so annoying Inspiring when I see each that. Other. Yeah, and it's like, just be a fan. It's so cute. Like, I wrote Jennifer Love Hewitt a letter and asked her to prom. I mean, she didn't respond because <laughs> it was like a um, Hollywood, California, 90028 Studios, uh-huh. you know, kind of thing. But like, then when I ended up meeting her, I never told her. <gasps> I was going to say what she said. Oh, my God. Yeah. I never told her. But um, she was very sweet in all of the things. But I'm like... I always remember that moment because she was very sweet. Mm-hmm. And you always want to just be, just be sweet. It's yeah. so easy to it's be so sweet. Easy. It's so much harder to be rude because then you're looking away. You're looking down, I assume, just like getting the person's energy that's like upset, whatever. It's like, some, but some people get off on that, you know? They're like, yeah. I'm better I'm than you. Yeah, exactly. It's so well, sad. I'll tell you, there's also people that do want to push your buttons because I've been out with Lindsay Lohan plenty of times. Mm-hmm. And I've watched, I will watch a girl be, see her and beeline it and like try to like bump her with the oh. shoulder or something <laughs> because they want a reaction. Mm-hmm. And though, and that does happen. So that I get also being guarded because people will target you or see you. And there's, there's many levels of the playing field right. when you're out of the club. Just be a good person, just honestly, because karma is so real. So we ask everybody this, and I just thought, well, most of our guests, we ask this. What advice would you give to yourself, say, 10 years ago? Because you've come into your femininity. I feel like you're dressing way girlier presenting, mm-hmm. and you just are looking better than ever. So what would you tell yourself? You know, I had this thought um, not so long ago, and it's not about things, but it was at the time, you know, like you said, my younger self, I had no money. I could barely eat. I would, it was like ramen all the time. 
So I'm driving in this driven car with a driver mm-hmm. and we drive past Rage and I look out and I, I can imagine my younger self waiting in that line. And I, I had this whole like movie moment where I get out of the car and I go up to my younger self and I'm like, girl, we gonna be good. Like, no <laughs> like, need to. I'm you from the future. Like, yes, I'm here <laughs> from the future. Look at our car. We got a driver. That's everything. Like, the no eating right now is just temporary. We gonna get food. We gonna get all the things we five want. Five-star dinners. Yeah, five-star dinners. Plane rides. And, you know, and I think about that. There's a slogan, like, it gets better. Mm-hmm. Yep. It does get better if you let it. If like you let you, it. If you're open to and it. And not always, not every day. But if, not, when you look back and you literally are yourself, your authentic self, it builds and yeah. you'll just look back and just, just like you living said, one a, day whoa. as your authentic self is so major because not everyone gets it, gets to have those moments. Mm-hmm. And people do tell me all the time, I'm, I want to be like you. And I understand that I'm a little bit more blessed than everyone because I do work in a working environment where I am the boss and I can dress like this. But there are those people that work in um, a more traditional sense where they can't. In an office, right? In an office. You can't wear a gown in an office mm-hmm. or like things that make you really, really happy. But you can listen to your podcast yes, in your you ear. Can. <laughs> you can have us in your ear, click your little non-existent heels and then put them on right as you get off at exactly. five. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so I thought we could answer some fan queries okay. of the pod. Oh my God, I love this portion. You want to stick around? Yeah, definitely. Okay, cool. We will be right back. All right, and we are back with Marcus Molinari. We are going to answer some of your queries. Of course, as always, you can call us on our hotline at 1-844-QUERIES, which is Q-U-E-E-R-Y-S. And as always, again, nothing is off limits. Give it to us, the raunchy, the real, the authentic, the vulnerable. We need to hear from you. So, Marcus, are you ready to get into it? I'm beyond ready. You said you love this portion. You're familiar. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right. I hope we got good ones. Okay. Here we go. Our first one. Hi, my name's Bree and I'm from Connecticut. So first off, I don't know if it was the first episode or one of your first episodes. Mimi was talking about a snack that she likes to have on, um, on road trips. And nobody could know the name. And the name is Combos. I'm like 100% sure you're talking about Combos. They have like the regular cheese. They have pepperoni flavor. So anyways, I, that's been bugging me. And I'm like, okay, I have to call and tell them that it's freaking Combos. Um, now for the real talk, my question or my advice is, so I've always grown up and been living in areas where, you know, I felt comfortable being gay being a lesbian and being just proud and out about it you know I never really worried about my safety or um, people you know being mean to me I guess being hateful towards me Um, but now I'm moving around going to different places and I'm realizing I'm in places where that is something that I'm scared of and fearful of and it's kind of made me like go within myself a little bit and um just be more scared, like, when I'm out in public, I, I'm, I'm a little nervous now when I'm holding my wife's hand that someone's going to say something, someone's going to act hateful towards us. So, I guess my question is, how do you, both of you, handle being proud, being open, being out there, but also, you know, protecting yourself? How do you stay brave in these situations? Thank you for your question, Bree. That is a really good question. How do you stay brave 
when you are in a place that doesn't feel so safe. Maybe it's not Wait, a let's, cosmopolitan. Let's talk about the first thing that she said, though, the combos. Oh. <laughs> so yeah. I got so many texts <laughs> saying what Mark was talking about were the combos. And I didn't even know, but the amount yeah. of texts I got was unreal. And I know you did, too. Yeah, I mean, Brie pulled I over did. on the side of the road <laughs> she to, like, was, let, <laughs> to let everybody know. She it even gave us combos. pepperoni cheddar. <laughs> So yes, good. Thank, thank you, Brie. Brie. That's hilarious. Um, yes, I did get a lot of messages. But um, on to the question. This is a really good question, actually, because I feel like, you know, the person who's listening to this podcast might be in the exact same situation. Um, Marcus, do you want to answer this first? Um, well, for me, you know, it is a constant fear I have. I guess, you know, it's okay for me because I go to my places that... I, I own and feel safe and it's my security. And, and, and once again, that's, that's a privilege. Like I understand not everyone has that. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but like in, for instance, when we were in Rome, I know that it's a very like, I don't know, machismo type of, um, male energy. And so I didn't really want to walk around by myself. Right. Wearing those, you wanted your like b other bodyguards kind of around you. Like if we travel in packs, it's people, better. Yeah, mm -hmm. and and I'm very much aware that people are staring at me. I'm very much aware, but I am also aware that you know, um, trans women in particular do get attacked and murdered a lot, mm -hmm. and um, I am in constant fear of that happening. Um, I I have given like. I remember being at my restaurant and, and telling uh, one of my young queer friends, you know, just be yourself. And I was feeling so confident. I had all of my tools to to give this big speech about being brave. And, you know, because he was saying, like, how great it was that I was. And I was feeling that bravery. And I went to the bathroom in my own place. And I'm washing my hands. And I'm smiling. I'm having a great night. And someone whispers into my ear, the F word. Gag. Yeah. And it took all of that away. I felt like a wall just came down. Mm -hmm. uh, my hearing went out. Like, honestly, my ears plugged up. I I, I shut down. Mm -hmm. And all of those things I just told him went away of being brave and being all those things. And so I do understand. I say that still always live your truth. Obviously, be aware of your surroundings. I'm not going to walk into a bar and I keep saying Alabama and I'm sure my sister lives there. That's why there's mm -hmm. lovely people that live mm -hmm. there, but it is known to not be, you know, necessary like gay. Haven. The best. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so don't walk into that bar wearing maybe lingerie piece. Right. Uh, be aware of your surroundings. Exactly. But I also think... keep you, you can live your life. This is what I was talking about in the beginning, taking up space. You are allowed mm -hmm. to take up space just as much as the guy in the trucker hat and, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's true, right? I feel like I'm going to keep my, my answer really short but sweet for her. So I feel like at the beginning of the call, she made it very prominent that she came from a place of privilege where she didn't have to worry yeah. about that. I think that is so amazing that she can even acknowledge exactly. that. And it's really important that you do so because a lot of people aren't. So now she's experiencing the other side of the coin, right? And I think that this is a learning lesson for her. This is really important as well because you need to keep your wits about you, regardless yeah. if you're a lesbian and with your wife or not, you know, whether you're in a, a sketchy area or you feel threatened, like this is good for you. So I think you moving around and learning this lesson is great because everybody learns 
ultimately that you need to have your wits about you yeah. in your in your circumstances or you're going to get into trouble, you know, like whether it's about being gay, being out, being loud. You think that even like the straightest businessman walks into like, I don't know, somewhere not businessy and like preaches business. Like yeah. you just need to know your surroundings, Definitely. you know, and I think that that is that's going to be a really great thing for her and her wife. Yeah. And I think also the power of the Internet is look up groups that are yeah. similar interests that you may have. That, I mean, there is literally something for everyone out there. If you Google, like I remember us going to Dartmouth, my friend had to perform there and we looked up gay bars. Mm hmm. And I'm sure that one gay bar had gotten a lot of prank calls from the college because we called and we're like, is this a gay bar? <laughs> and, and she was not having it. She was like, this is an alternative lifestyle bar. You're like, so it's hot topic? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, be aware and, um, you know, maybe find that circle of people, like-minded people. I mean, yeah. but also let's all look out for each other in the end. Exactly. And you're also blessed that you have your wife. Let me just say that. Yeah. I also think it's just living your life in the face of fear. And to, I've yeah. had to do that. I'm sure the both of you have had to do that where you wake up every day and you think, um, and this is going to be really dark. I'm going to say this. It's going to be very dark. And I've told Gigi this and I always say, you know what? I'm going to dress so nice today because I do not want to die looking bad. You know, like oh, you just. <laughs> but it's true, though. That's a very like cute, lighthearted way to look at it. Yeah, <laughs> anything like, can yeah. happen any day. Like anything can happen any day. You could be murdered. You could be hit by a car. Yeah. Your mm -hmm. car could crash. You can trip on uh on the grass and trip on your wine stem glass and goes in your eye. <laughs> right in like, your eye. Is that yeah. what kills you? That's happened. Oh my mm -hmm. god! Or die. You could be hate crimed. As unfortunate and terrifying as that is. But if it's for your outfit. Yeah, you Hello. have to live. You just have to live your life because you do. You really do. Anything can happen at any time. Don't be fearful. Yeah. Don't take be fearful. care of yourself and enjoy life because that's what, that's what all we have right now. And like I said, you might be affecting someone in a positive way that's not looking at you, that's not making the noise, mm -hmm. that is just watching you walk by and live your life. And they're like, I could do that too. You got this, Brie. You got this, Brie. Thank you for that amazing question, Brie. Okay, our second query. Hey, y'all. First time caller, long time fan, Sarah from Toronto. My question is, given that Pride Toronto has been canceled two years in a row because of the pandemic, what is the best way that I can immerse myself and support the queer community in Toronto and elsewhere once everything starts to open up again? Thank you. Love you. Bye. Hi, Sarah. Thank you so much for your question. Um, shout out to Sarah, who is actually my friend. Thank you for oh, calling hey, in. Oh, Sarah. <laughs> okay. So the question was, what can you do to immerse yourself in the LGBT community once the pandemic is over? What do you guys think? How do you immerse yourself in gay culture? Well, I think you can still do it. Even with the pandemic, there's Plenty of charities like the Trevor Project, you can um, help answer phone calls for young youth. There's there's tons of projects that you can do to still stay connected to the community. But after, I, I mean, I think things just would go back to normal, I'm assuming. But if she's asking about uh, what can she do in meanwhile, I mean, I think, I think that helps. I think giving back is a way to deal with one depression of all of this. Like when you help other people, it really takes the mind off yourself. Mm -hmm. And especially if you're part of the community, 
to help uh, younger kids in in the LGBTQ community is is such a way to give back and and while you have the time. Right. I feel like I'm kind of looking at this pandemic now. I know this is probably, you know, pessimistic, but I'm literally looking at it as if it's never really going to be over. Yeah. We're lucky that some bars in Toronto are open. Right. So I'm just living day to day. I know I was there two months ago and there were some bars open. I was lucky enough to go out to one uh, when my when my quarantine was up. And it's just like. I think showing up in person through charities, like Marcus said, or just on your social media, you know, participate in lives, take photos when it's like Trans Day of Visibility or Pride Month, like just really be out and proud. I don't know if she specified her identity or sexual preference, whatever. Sarah's a lesbian. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Sarah. I used to be a lesbian, too. Wait, (laughs) Sarah's dating Lindsay. Do you remember Lindsay? My best friend, Lindsay, from college. Oh, of course, Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but um, also another thing, support gay businesses. Google Always. them, find oh, them. Even the ones not in the gay village in Toronto. I know of one, La Bartola, an amazing Mexican vegan restaurant in Little Italy. That is gay owned. And gay authors. Look up gay authors oh, and read those good ones. books. Because yes. there's a lot of amazing, amazing gay authors. And I also have this I have this book called Homosexuals in History. And it's quite funny because like you learn that Michelangelo was gay. Yep. Like mm. all of these great philosophers, uh, inventors that you wouldn't think are and were gay. They all so have male it's roommates. very inspiring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they all have their male best friend. Best friend. <laughs> we are giving you gold, Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for that question. Okay, our last query. And Marcus, thank you for staying for our queries. Here we go. Hi, Gigi. Hi, Mimi. This is Anthony. So I have a question. There was this time that I went with you to the bathroom, Gigi, in Paris in a, in a, in a nightclub the time that I met you. And obviously, um, you went into the girl's bathroom, but I was so afraid. I stayed outside and I was so afraid of somebody trying to hurt you or saying something, you know, I, I don't know since I'm not a transgender uh, person, but I think that sometimes there's these uh, people that they don't get it and they can be, I don't know, aggressive or something. So my question is, do you ever get um, nervous or something when you are going to the bathroom just if somebody runs into you and says something? or And if it does happen, how do you handle it? What do you do? What's the right thing to do in that moment? Since, I, I to be honest, I, I, I don't know how well I react if a friend goes through that in front of me. I love you guys, and congratulations for your podcast bye oh my god thank you anthony you are so sweet let me just say i miss you i think actually when we were in paris and we met up and we went to that club marcus was there Mm -hmm. and that was such a fun night and i had no idea that you were feeling that way and i want to let you know that i do still gag sometimes when i go into the women's restroom i wouldn't imagine that because you were like one just so stunning and like there are other people that maybe like would be i guess in the right sense more masculine to be in the women's bathroom Mm -hmm. that are like women women so like what what would 
make you, I guess, clockable as a thing. Yeah, right. We talked about passing on this podcast before. So the thing for me is it never goes away. I don't know if it goes away for some people. I just feel like when I grew up on YouTube, I was still a gay boy when I made this video I'm about to talk about, but it was called my bathroom situation or something like that. And I would say, so what if I go in the boy's bathroom? So what if I go in the girl's bathroom? Yeah. I'm choosing the girl's bathroom. And I still it's feel that. Bathroom. It's the bathroom, right? It's, it's literally our birth. <laughs> like, hello, I'm going to go to pee. Right. Yeah. So it's so simple, but There's it no is stopping. it is such a gag, you know? Like sometimes I have major anxiety. in line, right? It's such a big thing. If you're not like cookie cutter male or female, yeah. but it's like that never goes away. Sometimes even I'm out for like, coffee or whatever and someone's like ma'am and i just think to myself oh my god i can't believe that she just called I me know, a girl I get really happy too. like it's just one of those <laughs> things that never really goes away but the anxiety kind of fades like if any it's also i will say the energy you carry if anybody's listening to this that's going through an androgynous phase mm-hmm. or just starting their transition if you walk in with your chin held high and your confidence is loud and proud, it's really hard for someone to say something to you. Way harder if you are, you know, slumped over, trying to fit in, you know, trying to lurk in the shadows, not make noise, whatever. I found throughout my life, if I am standing up nice and tall, you know, being myself, walking in with it's pride, no, I'd be long here. No one's going to stop you. Taking it's up very, space. That's taking it's very up space. Hard. It's very rare for someone to stop someone that has that confidence. Or even if you just walk in straight ahead, do what you have to do. You are in your own world. I think it's, yes. It's, it's like that. you'll even have cis girls questioning. It's like, should I be here? Yeah. <laughs> like, is this, is this <laughs> the bathroom, yeah, bathroom for me? Yeah. I think this is the confident is, bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I do carry that a lot everywhere I go. I worry about the bathroom. Even like driving the around. Bathroom, like, the change room. Yeah. I'm like, what am I wearing? Can I stop at this place and ask them to use the restroom and will they let me? Mm-hmm. And it's so bizarre to even say those things out loud because like I said, we have to use the, re- we all have to use the restroom. Mm-hmm. It's just going to happen. It's Well, it's actually not bizarre because, and I, I don't want to get so deep again, but there are people out there who want to make the bathroom a violent place for trans people like there are people out there who are trying to make laws to make the bathroom a not safe space for trans people and i just want to say that anthony like what you did is so like it's what everybody needs it's what trans people need go to the bathroom with your trans friends you know help them yeah or if you see someone that is trans like maybe even like Watch them. Just Literally. Yes. Like we need people to, we need backup. And be silent watchers as well. Yeah. Like I feel like Anthony is such a great example because I had no idea. But how special yeah. is that someone was watching? Literally an angel in an Paris. Angel. Like what? I also feel like it's just so nice that he just didn't tell me after. He just moved on. We yeah. moved on. We had a great night. To not make you feel weird about it then think about right, it. Right. And then worry about him. Yeah. Worrying about me. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. insane. Major. You never really know what's going on in someone's brain. Please, please go to the bathroom with your trans friends. That's mm-hmm. just like, you know, that that's how you sh- that's how you can be an ally. And that's all the queers we've had today, uh, Marcus. Thank you so much for being on Queerified. Thank you so much for having me. Honestly, this is such an honor and I'm like glowing and this is going to be like the best day night ever. Yay, I'm so excited. That was so impactful and meaningful and I just can't wait to hear what people say about this episode. I can't wait to listen back 
But before we go, is there anything you want to plug? Let everyone know where they can find you. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Marcus Molinari, or you can find me at any of my venue, Hwood venues. You can find me at um, Delilah's Las Vegas, Delilah's LA. Soon to be Delilah's nice Miami. Yes. Uh-huh, Toronto. <laughs> right. oh, it's in so Toronto. Excited. So excited. I know. So thank you so much again for coming on. I know this episode is going to touch so many people. I, I can't wait so. to listen back. And we love you, Marcus. I love you both. Thank you so much for all that you do for the community. Oh, thank you. Love you. Love you. Thanks to our guest, Marcus Molinari. And thank you for listening. You can follow Gigi Gorgeous on Instagram at Gigi Gorgeous and me at Mark Maverick. And as always, Queerified is a presentation of Ramble, a Cadence 13 studio. Please listen, rate, review, and follow all episodes. Available now for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, and wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Love you. 